Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Han. In this episode, I speak with Octavian Badia. Now, Octav, I don't know if I said that right. I think I said it better in the episode, but then I kept getting tongue-tied. You guys know how it is. But Octav is the co-founder of Visual Arts Lab. I have the pleasure of actually working with he and his wife who own and co-founded this amazing agency. We are doing a bunch of things with them with Fat Tech. That's how I first was able to kind of get in their world. And I mean, the creative minds behind these two is incredible. So we really get to dive into Octav's past and how he became the co-founder of this creative agency born from passion from filmmaking, branding, and content design. And when I say they are so talented, it is an understatement. They're young and they're they're just amazing. I'm also doing a number of things with them for word blindness. And uh, so they're going to be in our lives for a long time. And you guys, anyone that is doing anything out there in the creative world, you definitely want to listen to this. You want to share it with as many people because not only does Octav take us through his personal journey, he also shares when he uh, came, anxiety really actually took over his world. And he takes us through how Getting help is really what helped him be able to be where he is today, the support of his wife, but he really takes us through that journey. So this is really close to my heart. You guys don't want to miss this. Again, you can find visualartslab.nl. You can also find them all over social media, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, something you definitely want to check out. Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. You know, I say this every time. I'm so excited to bring you someone that has followed a passion and I'm going to welcome, and I'm going to say it. Everyone knows that I sometimes say names wrong, but I'm going to do my best because I did practice. Octavian Badia. I, I Again, my my listeners know that um, I'm not always great with the name pronunciations, um, thanks to my wonderful dyslexia, but it, it come, now is a little bit of a joke because sometimes when I have really hard names, that's what it happens. So I'm going to introduce, you are the co-founder of Visual Arts Lab. It's a creative agency born from the passion of filmmaking, branding, and content design. And I have had the pleasure of working with you guys. I mean, I could go on and on about this amazing brain that you and your wife have and what you guys bring. And we decided, you know what? I think it would be perfect for you to come on your next stop because you're doing so much of what my listeners listen to. But I would love for you to give a little background because your name, Octavian, and I'm not going to say the name again, the last name, because I (laughs) screwed it up the first time. But if you can give us a little background of where you come from, and then we're going to get into your story. Yeah, sounds good. Um, Well, yeah, I I originally come from Romania, was born and raised in Romania. And then when I was around 19, I think, yeah, 19 years old, I moved uh, to the Netherlands. Okay. And, and is that, so I, I don't know, like your and Alex's story. Can you give us a little bit of that? So when you moved, when you were 19, did you already know Alex? No. Okay. So, um, so I did a high school back in Romania and then, uh, I've had some friends in, in Groningen where I currently live, uh, studying here. So then, yeah, my parents always pushed me to, to study abroad. So, uh, that was kind of like all my life I knew at, well, when I finish high school, I'll, I will move uh, abroad and study abroad. Um, and then, yeah, because I had some friends here, decided to uh, come here and, and study. Um, so I pursued a game design bachelor, um, which 
I didn't like. <laughs> um, yeah, after two years, I, I realized I don't like games anymore. I still like playing them. I don't like making them. And in high school, I thought ah, it would be so cool to create games that I can also play. Um, it wasn't my cup of tea. So yeah, I decided to, to just shift my career to, to something else. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I met Alexandra, I think two years after I moved here. Uh, and it was a, yeah, it's a pretty funny story. So we're both from Romania and we're both from Bucharest. We actually also live pretty close to each other in Bucharest. Um, and then we both crashed a Bulgarian party. Uh, both of us being Romanians, we gathered our Romanian groups and we said, yeah, it's a Eastern European party. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's crash it. So then, yeah, we, we, we met there and, uh, I think, yeah, from the first time we had a, we had a connection. So, uh, yeah, I love the rest that. is history. <laughs> yeah. And now did you guys, so you grew up in the same kind of area. Did you have any mutual connections, uh, that, you know, back at home that you were like, Oh my God, I can't believe we never met until now. Yeah, it was exactly that. We had some friends that, were, so I used to play professional basketball in Romania and, uh, most of her friends were basketball players. So, uh, we had some, some, uh, friends in common and, uh, we were, we actually realized, I think three years after we got together that we were also in the same place and in the same places, uh, but we just never talked with each other. So she was singing when I was around 17, 16, 17, she was singing. She's an Oprah singer, by the way, oh, wow. uh, or she was an Oprah singer, but she, she can still do it. And, uh, yeah, she had a, she had a concert and I was at that concert, uh, wow. yeah, which was super funny because we met and then I, I also play uh, guitar and bass. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I heard she's a, she's a singer. And then I said, ah, oh, yeah, I also play, uh, guitar. So let's just play together. So that's really how we met. We were kind of in the same band. Oh my God. I love that. And I mean, so many things that fascinate me with creative minds, but also really talented people. I mean, we've done now with Fet Tech, we're doing work with you with word blindness. We've seen what you've done with Aura Muscle. I mean, you guys, and I'm, and I don't just say this, but you guys are super, super, super talented at like that level of like a professional athlete. Like there's 1% of people that have like kind of this uber talent. And we talk about this on one of the, on masterminds in medicine, actually, with some of the scientists, it is this kind of, this kind of human that is created that is super, I know they have all these skills, but then they also now to hone them in and then bring them to fruition. So I always get fascinated with the brain and how that works. But also sometimes when you have all of these talents, when you know that you're really good at different things, it's sometimes probably hard to be like, well, what do I want to actually do for my life? Did that ever happen to you where you're like, okay, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. But what, what does that mean? Oh yeah, definitely. So how I, I, I was also always a, a, a creative mind. So when I was in, in my fifth, in the fifth grade, um, especially in history classes, we've had all these like kings of, of Romania from the past. 
And what I was doing is I was listening to the teacher while she was talking and I was drawing every single king in my notebook mm. until a certain point when the teacher came to me and she was like, oh my God, that looks for a for a for a guy who was like 12 at that time it was like pretty much the picture in my notebook and she was like ah oh, yeah you have like you're you're so talented you should do something with this so then um yeah i also talked to my parents back then and i said well i want to draw and keep drawing um and yeah after a, a certain point i don't know for me i i it's not like I get bored of stuff, but um, I'm less interested. So I started doing architecture, which was very nice for like two to three years. But then I was like, I don't like it anymore. Um, and then, yeah, I also went into music and same with music. I played for like two, three years. And then I was like, well, I want to try something new. And I always uh, wanted to just find something new for myself to try. Um, so yeah, after, 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 after some time, after trying so many things, I, I think I now finally found my, uh, yeah, my favorite creative thing to do, which is, um, yeah, just social media and videos. And, um, I also, I was lucky finding this because, um, I had to do a minor for my, uh, for the bachelor in game design. And, uh, I was looking for the minors and nothing really seemed interesting. And one of them really caught my eye. It was creating short films. Mm. And I thought, ah, oh, that's so interesting. And what really caught my attention was um, that they said at, at the end of this minor, your, your v video will be in the cinema in, in the Netherlands. And I was like, ah, oh, that's so cool. I cool. think that attracted me the most. And then, yeah, I, I started doing this minor and I really liked filming. I really liked being behind the camera and filming stuff. Um, and then, yeah, after finalizing that minor, I, I, I kept on doing that. So I was looking for clients and I, I went from like restaurant to restaurant and from like concert to concert. And I told them, I want to do this for you for free. I just want to learn and do this. Mm -hmm just because I like it. And, um, I think, yeah, I, I finally found that one passion and, um, and yeah, it's, I, I love what it. it's, yeah. Well, and I think sometimes there's something to when it's really important for people to try different things. And, and in our society, we say, like, as you said, it's not that I got bored, but it probably was like, Oh, you're jumping around. You need to focus. Right. I mean, knowing my dyslexia and ADHD like that, I used to get that all the time. And sometimes it's like, well, no, it's just not what I'm meant to do. And so why won't we put the positive spin on it? You were trying all these things and you happen to be very talented in that, which is, a, it's a gift, right? That's a gift that you have. And then it, it's like, okay, well, that's not what I'm meant to do. So I learned something from that, but then I'm going to the next thing. And I, that's what I want like the listeners to hear sometimes is you could be the person that's trying all these different things. Maybe you're not holding that same job because you're like, oh, I want to get to the next thing. I get the next thing. Yes, there's some negative to that if you put the negative to it. But if you put the positive to it and it's like, well, I'm trying these things. It's just not what I'm meant to do. And if I continue to kind of be curious and try other things, maybe I can find what I'm doing. So I want to take it back for a second, though. I would love to know a little bit about what your parents did for a living or what they do or what they were super passionate about when you were growing up. Yeah, sure. Uh, so both my parents own um, car parts 
store. Um, and it's, well, not only car, but vehicle. So anything from like, uh, yeah, just cars, trucks, vans to also just like more complex vehicles. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So, so they're, 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 well, so they're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. They're entrepreneurs. And, um, yeah, I always had a, a connection with, with both of them. So my, my father is very into, uh, mathematics. Um, and I was also in, in school, my passion was just doing math, mm -hmm. uh, also next to drawing and doing all this creative stuff. Uh, math was always there for me, like from the first grade, I was passionate with math. I was doing math for fun when I, when I went home. So I get that from a lot from my dad, which is nice because now I feel like I'm more organized having this like math logic behind. Um, and my mother was always creative. So she, she's the, like the creative part of the company they both own. Um, so yeah, it's, um, so I got, I it got a bit sides. of everything. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say you got from both sides, which is really fascinating. Do you have siblings? Yes. I have a sister who's 10 years younger than me. Okay. And did she get both sides or did she kind of get one? Because a lot of times you see from parents, not everyone gets both sides. So sometimes you have one of the strengths of one parent and maybe, you know, not the strength of the other. And it really is interesting in kind of how the human beings are, are born and shaped. So does she have kind of your well-roundedness or is she more one way? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because we're both kind of the same, but different at the same time, because I'm more creative than I think organized, for example. So I, I get to, yeah, get lost in my mind with all these creative thoughts. She's like super creative, but she's like the most organized person I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Like she can, I've never seen, I, every time I went to, uh, to her room and yeah, because I'm now living in the Netherlands and she's in Romania, I don't get to visit her that often, but I, every time I go back in Romania, I enter her room, like everything is squeaky clean <laughs> and everything is just like her OCD is like so much, she has everything like organized the way she wants. And you move one thing, like one centimeter, she will see that. Like she will see that and she will tell you about it. So um, we're both, yeah, we're both the same, but different at the same time. I love that. So now I want to take it back to, you know, how you and Alex created Visual Arts Lab. Like where did that come from? Um, I know we're jumping big parts of the story, but I think that this is important because then I also want to get into the the foundation in Germany, you know, that you have recently kind of become a, a part of, of, of owners of, of taking it over. But I would love to kind of feel, because the listeners do kind of love that timeline. It's like, okay, was it an idea and you guys jumped? Was it, and I think I know the answer, just working with you guys and just hearing a little bit about your background. What was the process of that? Yeah, we started Visual Arts Lab five years ago, um, and it was because, well, as I said, I, I finished that minor in, in videography and um, I didn't like game design anymore. So I said, okay, so what now? I'm quitting my study. I don't have a bachelor degree and um, I don't have, a, I didn't have a job back then. And I said, well, I'll just pursue this. So as I said, went from restaurant to restaurant and begged people to do stuff for free for them, just for me to learn this. Mm -hmm. And I had the theory from my study, but then I wanted to actually do stuff for clients. So yeah, just 
basically went from from door to door asking for for projects. And uh, back then, Alexandra was also working for the university, and uh, they needed a lot of video. So then, yeah, she um, I got connected with them and started working for the university. Um, and then, yeah, they don't employ, but they do work with with companies. So at that point, we said, well, it's then uh, it is time to open our mm-hmm. own company. So that was the start of Visual Arts Lab, and. Um, yeah, from there, then onwards, we, again, kept doing the same thing, went from door to door and just tried stuff. And, uh, yeah, we tried to make a name uh, out of out of the company. And uh, we tried to build a network as soon as possible because we both knew that as soon as we build the network, then, uh, yeah, we're good to go with, with mm-hmm. the company. We have enough people to just say, okay, do you need a video? Just come to us and we'll, we'll, we'll sort you out. Um, and then, yeah, we were lucky enough, I would say, to to work with university, which is a pretty big name in the Netherlands. Like everyone knows mm-hmm. about our university, so it was a it was a nice thing to put in our CV and in our portfolio. And from then on, just people started contacting us, and um, yeah, yeah, we just got to to this level right now. Uh, we also had some projects. In in the beginning with with Henkel, um, again Alexander was working from for Henkel back then, so it was easier to to get a small project, and it was a, a small shoot. But for us to work for such a big corporation in mm-hmm. I think our first year was such a big deal, um, and then till this day it was such a great experience to work for them, and uh, we learned so much, and uh, yeah, that was kind of how we started, and then from then on. Um, yeah, it was all about the network for us and all about just meeting new people and yeah, just seeing if we can find an opportunity. We don't, we, we were always saying like, we don't want to work with someone if they don't need us. Like we're not going to go to a company and then say, ah, oh, you need videos. If we think that they don't need videos, for right. example. So you have so, your, your integrity. I mean, that's one of the things. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That is beautiful about you guys. Um, but the other thing is that I love so much is how you guys work together and you can see that it's a really big partnership. So if you can take us through a little bit about, cause I know when we started working together, um, just recently on word blindness, it was really cool to see what originally you guys came up with, because that's one of the things that you know, anyone that's listening to this, which I think is beautiful. Like now I've worked with a number of PR companies. I've worked with agencies. I was on the, you know, in the ad advertising world. Um, one of the things that you guys do so beautifully is that you do listen to what the client is, is saying that they feel what they want to kind of get across. And then you guys come back and you kind of lay things out. Now working with you with, with that tech and word blindness, I mean, it's been spot on. Like Danny and I sometimes laugh because we're like, okay, how do they literally like get exactly what we want? But then if we say, okay, let's build on that. This is something, this is another idea that we have. Uh, you guys are really, really kind of great at pivoting and keeping your original thought because you're like, well, this is what I heard in the beginning. This is what I want to keep. And then kind of pivoting and growing off of that. So if you can take us through like what your expertise is versus what Alexandra's expertise is, and then how you come together to kind of really bring the the beauty to a project. 
Yeah, well, I, I think it works and we laugh about it all the time because we're so different from each other and we're like yin and yang. Like she's she's doing, she's this like super organized person that's like very into business, like very into like just proper business while I'm so creative and I don't give an F about any of the business side of, of things and I'm only in my like creative head and I'm just thinking about like videos and like branding and like colors and stuff. But I think that works with us because she's the one that tells me, okay, you need to slow down and then you also need to come to my side of, of things and then you need to help me with that. And I'm also doing the same with her. So like I take her from that business side of things where she's just like this, she's focused. And then I get her to like this creative world when, where, where she can let go a, a little bit. And I think that's what really works with us. And um, I think what we did um, and what I think we're doing very well right now is um, we're listening to the client. And we, we realized that um, after a few years where, so for example, we had a project with the university and um, we had a project where we had to create a set of videos for um, teachers. And then I created these like flashy videos where it, they were amazing. But of course they didn't like them. Like for a professor that's like eight years old to see like a flashy video means nothing to them. And then we both realized, well, this is all about just listening to the client and studying the client and studying the company and the, the audience that the, the client has. So then we, we started this, we always say it's like data-driven, we do data-driven content. Mm -hmm. So we're not just creating a, a video, we're researching like target audience, we're researching the, the trends, the client, just all of these data. And then we're gathering the data and we're putting it into what we're doing. So I think that's what, yeah, that's what uh, we've been doing for, for most of the time. And it's been working. It's been uh, working. Until now. And you know, it reminds me so much in a very different way, but Clay and Danny Fetty, the way that they both are so different but they bring this beautiful balance to each other. And I have to say, my husband and I are very much like that, but we don't, we're not in business. So it's kind of how we run our family is very, we're literally opposites, but we bring and we see and respect just like you guys. And that's what like Clay and Danny is so beautiful that you guys respect each other. You know what each other's strengths are and you play off of it. And you really kind of say to, you know, Alexander, I mean, cause we've seen you on the calls, like, Alex will look to you and be like, okay, I think that's going to be more of you. But I think, tell me if I'm wrong, this is where my thoughts are. And it's a really cool kind of process to even watch because you guys can do it on the fly. And as you said, from that first job that you had, you learned a lot. Okay. Like this is what I think is going to be really cool, but is this what the brand and the customer are going to want? And that's like, you know, a lot of people go into business. A lot of people do things and they don't always think of that. And so that's like a beautiful gift that you guys had. And also a beautiful gift that you got that in the beginning of your career. Like that's what you learned, you know, early on. Um, and so one of the things that I want to take it now to is when we connected with, um, the Brent Sopel Foundation and I connected you guys with Brent, you know, again, I, we met you through Tanya at Aura Muscles who went to call at the same college as Clay. They went to Rose Holman, um, which is just a fun connection. Cause I love that we, you know, 
talking to Alex and Octav, um, I mean, I'm sorry, you're an Alex and Octav, talking to Tanya about stuff. And then all of a sudden, I remember Danielle saying, well, who did your website? Who's doing your stuff? I think we're going to be needing it. I do it, but I really kind of want to kind of think of someone else. And she put us in touch with you guys. And really, from the moment we started talking, we were like, okay, this is like, this is, this is going to be beautiful. We got each other. I mean, all of us got each other, which was awesome. And then you guys turned down and it turned around a website and did stuff for us for Viramed in like, I think like seven days. It was something like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And you're like, yep, we're still sleeping. And yes, we're still doing this. And yes, we're still like that. And we're like, okay, this is insane. So that is one of the things that I thought was really cool. So then with the whole thing that I'm doing with the dyslexia and the word blindness podcast, we came to you and said, okay, can we just pick your brain and how can you help us kind of elevate this? And that was when you met uh, Brent and then listen to his story on his, you know, on, on his YouTube channel. And can you take us through that? Because just recently you shared something very personal and, and if you don't want to get too into it, you don't have to. So I'm going to kind of leave the stage to you to talk as much about it or as little about it. But I thought it was, I mean, I actually got choked up. I know Brent still is like, I mean, that means so much to me, but you listened to his story and what did that trigger in you? First of all, like, yeah, the whole process, like what you described is, 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 is so interesting. Like how we, we got to, to, to be working together, but yeah, um, just hearing that story was, um, was interesting for me because I don't relate as much with dyslexia. I have dyslexic friends, but not being dyslexic myself, I can't relate to that as much. But um, I really found a lot of similarities with uh, anxiety. And yeah, for five to six years, I've been suffering with uh, pretty bad anxiety. Um, and yeah, like how Brent described everything, uh, like all these like cases where people don't even know about dyslexia and people don't really know how to react to dyslexia. And people, some people don't even know like... Um, yeah, just like different words for, for dyslexia. And I've had literally the same thing. And while Brent was talking about it, I, I was in my head thinking like, this is what I go through like almost every single day, just people not understanding what I'm going through. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a roller coaster for me with, with, with anxiety because um, so it, it started when I was in the bus going to Germany, Alexandra was living in Germany back then. And um, yeah, just in the bus, I I, I, I just felt like I, I can't breathe anymore. Uh, so it just went, uh, went off at the next stop. And um, I think for an hour, I just couldn't breathe. And like my, my lungs felt like, I don't know, they're, they're exploding. So um, <clears throat> I had an anxiety attack, a panic attack back then. And, um, uh, from then on, it just kept happening. Like every single day just kept happening. And it got to the point where I couldn't go out of the house because I was either fainting or I was, uh, just throwing up or I was just in, in such a bad state where my, my, my whole body was going numb. And, um, for, I think one or two years, I, we couldn't go out of the house. Like I couldn't go out of the room. And, um, I think for the both of us was, was such a, yeah, like I, I can't even describe it. It was, 
it was something else. It was something that I can't describe. Like just going from like going out with friends and going to places and doing so many things to just being locked in a, in a room for the both of us, it was, it was a shock. And, um, yeah, we've, we've been going through this also with Alexandra in the beginning because she didn't know how she should react to what I was going through. Um, and for me, it, it was also like, I couldn't explain it to her. Um, so from, from that to just later on going to, to school or going to clients and then getting panic attacks and getting anxiety attacks and people not knowing how to, to handle that. That was, I think the hardest thing for me, just yeah. trying to, to, well, going through anxiety, first of all, but also trying to, to, uh, just explain to people how I feel. Um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. So I want to pause you for one second and thank you for sharing that. Cause I know it's not always easy and I know you're, you know, I don't think you talk about it very publicly all the time. And so I know that that is also not easy, but sometimes there's a healing aspect to that. Um, but do you, have you kind of traced back to the origin of where you think your anxiety started and happened? Um, yes, I did. Um, and it, it has a lot to do with, um, just, just the study, like the game design study and that whole process of me quitting the study. Um, and also things from childhood. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did trace it back. So I did, since then I did four years of therapy mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm glad to say I'm now better. I'm, I still go through pa- panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I still can't fly, uh, right now. Uh, I barely got in the train, uh, and I started going by train, um, lately, which is very nice because I feel like it's one step, uh, mm-hmm. closer to how I was before, but yeah, I, I did therapy and we did go through like all these, um, causes. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it, it's very interesting to just kind of look at yourself and look at what triggered this. Right. Because again, and we talk about this on, you know, on word blindness all the time is that we all have trauma. It doesn't matter how, you know, wonderful your upbringing was, how wonderful life was or how hard life was. Right. I mean, we all have different aspects of our life, but we all have that trauma and it, and if we stuff it, that's when it sometimes comes out in the, in the wrong way. But sometimes we don't even realize we're stuffing it. It's just one of those things that happened and it kind of, you, your, your body naturally forget, forgets about it. Cause it's like, okay, that that's too much. I'm not going to think about that too much, but probably, you know, growing up, as you said, and then stopping the gaming, like, you know, it sounds like you you come from, you know, a family that's you know, high achievers. Right. And they're like, you're going to be going to oversee, you know, you're going to be leaving. There's all those different things, even though that's a positive things, right. That your parents were encouraging you, as parents, sometimes we don't think about, okay, well, if it doesn't go the way that we are thinking it's going to go, how is this going to affect the the person, right? How is this going to affect our kids? I mean, I, I, and if I think too much about it and I give my sank, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lose my mind if I think about, okay, if everything that I've done for my kids, what is going to be the thing that could set them off? Like, right. Have I always been the best mom? No. Have I always been in the best place myself? No. Have I done my best? Yes. Right. But you think about these things. And so that a lot of times for, for people kind of that failure 
that they put on themselves. Like it's okay. Like, you know, so I would love like when you decided to stop the gaming, did your parents put pressure on you in a way that affected you? Yeah, I think it, it was it was one of the causes because, well, back back home in Romania, this like just having your bachelor is so important. Mm-hmm. It's because, yeah, Romania is a very uh, traditionalist country. So right. like everyone is everyone is Christian there, like 99 percent of, of the people there are Christian, they're orth- orthodox and they go through life like, OK, you need to go for high school bachelor and then you need to have a job and that's it. And, um, I was never like that. So when I, when I decided to quit my job, my, my job, my, uh, my bachelor, I was like, I'll just quit. Um, so yeah, for them, it was a shock and it wasn't that they put pressure on me. It was that I felt pressured about like how they feel. Although I never asked, I, I, I still had that pressure. You felt like you let them down. You felt like you let them down. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, in, in back home in Romania, it's all about this, like, um, you can't let, let people down and you can't let that person down or your family down or, and we, we, yeah, we were raised in this stress, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. And then for me, not being that person, it was, it was a bit of a, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. And I felt like I let them down, but at the same time, well, I wanted to do this. So, um, yeah, it was kind of conflicting. Right. And, um, yeah, right. it was, uh, it was one of the reasons why I was under a bit of stress, uh, during that period of time. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, it, it does make sense, right? You, people don't want to let other people down, but I think sometimes we, I mean, I, there's so many people that I talk to on this podcast, you know, have that, that became entrepreneurs, were in a traditional life. A lot of them second generations or, you know, from, from Europe or whatever, that this was what their parents, like, this is what we sacrificed for you to be able to do this. And this is what you do. And, and it's interesting, you know, being an American, obviously, uh, there is pressure, but ours is like, we just want our kids to be happy. I mean, we can, we can argue both, both sides, right? We can say, yeah, but you need to put a lot more part, you know, like some people think that Americans, there's not enough pressure, right? There's just like, okay, this like just laws a day, but there's so many different interesting things when you think of people's cultures and where they've come from and what their parents have been through and, you know, what was sacrificed and generationally, we sometimes put those pressures down and it continues. And then when it's broken, sometimes it's for the best because it really is, it's, it's about men- mental health, right? I mean, if you stayed in that gaming and you were miserable, you, something else was going to happen, right? And so you had to follow your passion. You had to follow your heart and then work through kind of what came with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did because, uh, I found what's, what's, what's best for me. And I found something that makes me happy. And like, I think every single day I, I tell myself it was such a good decision to, to leave that, that, uh, that bachelor and to just pursue what I like, uh, doing and, um, yeah, just grabbing the camera because you also mentioned like the, the website, for example, just working on something I like, it doesn't feel like work. And I know that's such a, like a cliche no, say thing, thing to, to <laughs> say like, ah, oh, yeah, it's not work if you like it, but, um, it really isn't like just grabbing the camera or just working on a website that I really like working on is 
it gives me um, such a nice feeling and like a, 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 an accomplishment that I can't describe in words. And I think, yeah, just just having this idea that ah, um, if you yeah, if you're in a in a certain uh, culture, like you just need to 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 do things a certain way. I was never a part of that, and I always. I never did things I don't like. And I know sometimes it's it's also good to do these things, but I was always that guy that I don't if I don't like it, I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And um that was that was one of the reasons why I, I decided to stop. I was like, I don't like it anymore, I'll just quit and I'll change and uh do something else. And yeah, again, I'm I'm so glad I did because again, just having something you just working on something you like is, is, is such a big accomplishment. And it's every, every single time I also have a, a full-time job, every single time I go to work, I feel so happy. Like go, just going to work and feeling happy is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty cool. It is. It's very cool. And, and so the other thing that you shared is that when, you know, in Germany, there was a foundation that helped you with your anxiety. So can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for this one, I will not share everything because, uh, there is something very cool coming soon. So I, I don't want to give any spoilers to it, but, um, yeah, there is, there was a, um, a company that really helped me. Um, I was working for them four years ago, five years, four to five years ago. And, um, yeah, I, I was doing videos for them and I was doing, uh, like all, all, all sorts of things. So like also a bit of design, also like photos. And then, yeah, this anxiety thing started and I contacted them because they were, um, working with like mental health. And then I told them, look, I am going through this. Um, yeah. Could you help me with this? And then they were so nice. And then they said, yes, of course. And, um, yeah, I did therapy with them for four years now and, uh, it's, it's been going great again. I always say like, they're the reason I go out again. They are the reason I hang out with my friends again. They are the reason I go by train or I just, yeah, go to restaurants or, uh, I just go outside in general. So, um, yeah, they were, they were a big part of my life. Although I met them five years ago, they were and still are a big part of my life. And, um, yeah, we decided to, to, um, help other people that are going through the same thing. Um, and, um, yeah, one thing, uh, as I said before is people didn't know how to, um, yeah, react to what I was going through. And I also didn't know how to tell them. I wasn't able to speak freely about what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And this was again, because, um, back home in Romania, you, you don't really speak about these things. You just hide them and then they're, they're just there. And the moment I was able to talk freely about like what I was going through and then just going to, for example, the store and then tell them like, look, I have anxiety. I might feel sick at some point, just so you know, that whole, that whole speech made me be able to just go in that store and buy the things I want to buy. So, um, yeah, for me, it was, a uh, uh, yeah, they were, they were so helpful. And, um, that's why I also want to just help people that are going through the same thing. 
as I am. And um, yeah, um, well, I yeah. will be starting something very soon that will help those people. Um, yeah, just talk freely and just bringing uh, people together and creating a community that just helps uh, with with anxiety. Well, and I think that what you said is so important. It's your they helped you be able to get a voice and to put words to what you were going through. And I think so many times that is what's really hard for people is they don't have the words to be able to express it. So as you said, you would get like, okay, panicked that, okay, but what if it happens in that store? What if it happens there? And then that would keep you from doing it. But the fact that you were able to have the words, you kind of get empowered to be like, okay, I know, and have tools. I'm sure they gave you tools to like, okay, if you feel like this is coming on, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Obviously, I don't, I don't know the tools, but you know, to, to do things like that. Um, and so maybe can you share again, you shared a little bit about what you can go into and say the shop owner, you know, this might happen. I just want to let you know to be aware. Um, but are there other things that they gave you the power to kind of do? that you can share with others. So like if someone's listening to this and being like, okay, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Um, you can kind of give them a couple little takeaways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the first thing and the most important thing for me was, um, just to, to, to just seek help. Uh, first of all, I think that's, that's the, the most important thing. And the, the main thing, if you feel like you are going for something, just find help, just, um, also for anyone who's, who's going through this, feel free to contact me. Um, because the, the sooner I, I talked to someone about what I was going through, the better I felt. So, um, and the first case was, well, obviously talking to these people, but also opening up to my friends at some point, I just, because they haven't seen me for, for so long. I just said at some point, I'll just open up about this and mm -hmm. tell them what I'm going through. And then, yeah, we'll just see, uh, how that goes. And they were so nice about it and they, they wanted to help. And they said, like, just let us know if you need anything. Um, and then everything went so much easier after that, because every time I was maybe hanging out with them and having a panic attack, I was telling them, look, I don't feel good. Is it okay if I quickly go outside or is it okay if I go home and maybe come back after I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm good. And then they were always like, yeah, of course, just let us know what you need. Uh, just, yeah, if you need anything, we're, we're here for you. And that was such a great help. Although it's just a couple of words, it was such a great help, uh, help. And yeah, I don't know the, the support I was getting, uh, mm -hmm. in that, in that period was, uh, was insane. And, um, I think that that's the most important thing. And obviously we've been, um, yeah, we've been also like meditating and like doing like breath work and like all these tools for me to just go out and having like a, a normal life, although I'm having this, um, yeah. Yeah, no. And I think, and thank you for sharing that. And I think one of the things is that you gave people the understanding. I mean, and that's what I think you really connected with what we're doing with the Brent Sobel Foundation and Word Blindness is that when you have someone understand you, it just feels so much better. You feel more comfortable. So, and I'm sure your friends really appreciated it because they knew something was going on. They felt like, okay, you're not telling me. So that means, okay, maybe we're not as good as friends as we are. And okay, I guess he just doesn't want to hang out thinking, you know, they're, they're thinking the worst or thinking something else. 
But when you just put words and just say, hey, this is what I'm going through, people are like, oh, okay, great. I'll thank you for sharing that. I'm happy to help. What do you need? I care about you, right? I care about you as a human. You're a friend of mine. And so I'm sure also for Alex, because as you said, you know, when you guys shared, it was kind of early on in your relationship. Um, the fact that she was also seeing that you were getting help and, and, and wanting to, you know, work with people and have, and, and understand what you were going through. Cause I'm sure you also were like, I don't really know where this is coming from. I maybe can kind of think, but I, I don't know for her to see, okay, you know, Octave is out there kind of exploring because we're creating this, we're building this relationship. It also probably made your relationship a little stronger. Can you share a little bit of that if you're comfortable? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. So yeah, the, it, this, this whole anxiety thing was, was a journey for, for, for the both of us. And, um, well, in the beginning, we didn't really know how to react to it. And she didn't know how, how to react to it. And, there was like situations where like, for example, she would get annoyed because she was again, stuck in a room and she couldn't really do anything about it. She, she wanted to help. She wanted to be there for me and with me, but then two years of her life, she was stuck in a room with me. And, um, it was, it was hard for her and it was hard for the both of us. And I, I really think it, it made our relationship stronger and it taught us so many things. It taught us like, also because, uh, these two years were before Corona. So we were stuck in a room for two years and then Corona came and then we were stuck uh, in, in a, in a room for two more years. So, um, yeah, we really learned how to like live with each other and then just understand each other in, in so many ways. Like I also understood her like not being able to like see her friends or go out and i understood that it, it it is hard for her obviously it was also hard for me staying in a room um but she was staying in a room and she wanted to go out and that was so different because because i was scared to go out i didn't want to go out i just wanted to be in that room so for me it was like the easiest choice but for her wanting to get out but she couldn't it was so hard and um yeah, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate her for like being there next to me for like this whole journey. And um, yeah, we both like, I think, helped each other to understand each other and to understand our needs. And yeah, just to, and to, 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 to have a, yeah, a, yeah, a successful relationship. I mean, and the other thing is, and not just, you know, and then be able to have a business relationship or where you're working, you know, a lot together. Cause not everyone can do that either. Not all couples can be, you know, working with that much space. Sometimes they need a little space. So one of the things though, I'm sure, and I, I actually shouldn't say I'm sure, but since you have this feeling of letting down and that was causing some of your stuff, I mean, also taking on feeling badly that you were having her stay probably added to it, but then you had to adjust and be like, okay, I can't take this on as well. And so I'm sure the communications that you guys had during that time just built the strong bond because you really got to un to know each other and understand each other. Yeah. 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 Of course. And um, yeah, I think this just having a business relationship and also having our own relationship and going through, through, through so much really made us connect with each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it, it helped 
us a lot also because you you mentioned how we're, we're in meetings right and we mm -hmm. complete each other yeah i think that was a a big part of of that just like understanding each other first like emotionally and like mentally really helped us going forwards also with our, our our business yeah and i'm gonna actually leave it there because that's beautiful and that is it is sometimes these hard times are what grow us to be the people that we're supposed to be and then making the impact that you're doing and what you guys are doing because you're doing really important work for so many i mean you're giving brands voices you're also i mean it's 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 such a pleasure to work with you I know you guys always laugh and smile, but Danny and I are always like, Oh my God, we love you guys so much. You're so smart, but you're so smart and, and so many different levels. There's the creative smartness. There's the just understanding people. Like you guys seriously are that 1% of like talent. And I, and I'm just, I'm so happy that you've been brought into our lives. And I want people to know that they can follow you guys at visual arts with an S lab dot NL. And then also on Instagram, if you guys, again, Octave said, if you're suffering from anything, you need help, reach out. We'll have that. You can, you know, go on the website, but you can also go on social media. And um, I just, I thank you for joining your next stop and sharing your story. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. And uh, I, I also, um, yeah, really like working with, with you guys. And it's been a pleasure since we met you. Uh, to work with you. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. So you guys, you know what to do, like, rate, review, and share. Again, you might be listening to this and be like, oh, that's a great story, but you don't know who needs to hear this. You don't know who right now is suffering. You don't know who's suffering from anxiety silently because they don't know what to do. And this episode can help. So thank you again for joining another episode of Your Next Stop. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 